Dun, dun, dun. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Risking Failure. Now, Mick and I have been traveling so much lately uh, that we have not gotten together for about eight weeks. We've got loads to catch up on. Oh, there's a chopper in the background. It's about to me up for something. Oh, I've got something else on, Mick. Um, if you've never listened to Risking Failure before, Mick, my great mate on the other side of the world, and I here in Australia have a good chat usually every week, but not so much lately, where we just chew the fat on whatever is happening in our life. And if we've got a problem, we chew the fat on that. If we've got a thought, we chew the fat on that. And as a result, you get to be the third person in an honest conversation between two friends just doing their best to grow and navigate their life. So welcome to Risking Failure. Old listeners, you already knew that. You probably just skipped ahead. Mick, my good friend on the other side of the world, how are you? Fantastic, mate. Eight weeks. It has been a long time. It's been... We've been trying hard to get this bloody recording in place. It's been unbelievable. But here we are. Um, and and uh, look, there's so much we could catch up on. Um, we've been dancing around all kinds of topics too. And quite honestly, for everybody listening, we did just record and ditch what I think could only be branded as a piece of shit episode. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that expression. <laughs> Uh, it was just, it was just crap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just, anyway, not yeah, our so, finest moment. We were um, fine, but here we are. And well, what I was going to ask you about rather was, um, you've got this program come on up with more and I thought it'd be good to talk about it a little bit because I want to understand what you're planning on for it, maybe, um, and how that relates to what you've been doing in the past. Um, and some of the things that, uh, yeah, I guess that. If I was coming, what I'd want to get out of it. I'm not coming, by the way, because it's Thanksgiving here and I just can't swing that, mate. I'm sorry. I'd love to be coming, but. No, fair enough. I get it. I really so am. You're originally, fan, I was. I really appreciate that. And originally, I was running Live More as a two day program. And it was really a, like a design your life program. But I ran, I ran it sort of like a pilot for a few years and then. Recently, I ran it by a bunch of friends saying, look, I think we, I really want to do something bigger. What do you think? And we decided to do a one-day program that introduced people to the rest of my work. So I've had a lot of people follow my work for a long time, but really a, a one-day chance for me to just take people on a, on a journey. And we decided to call that Live More because people like the name. And so the old program's kind of gotten dissolved and me broken into a whole lot of parts. And so next, the, the plan for this one-day program is the bigger vision I have is to build a community of go-getters, like a solid network. So the people listening to this, you're in a community, although we're not engaging a lot and you're on, you know, you listen to us. So I really want to build a community of go-getters and where, you know, I think about someone like say Einstein or Isaac Newton or, you know, and they're extreme or Richard Branson or whoever you, you know, even your friend down the street that's got a killer business, you know, you have this idea and you imagine them running down the street and go, oh, I've got this idea and, you know, I've thought about gravity or something and then you bounce it off your friend and they're just like, oh, that's great, but you should have seen how shit-faced Bazza got on the weekend. And you're like, what? Like it's, you know, I find that <laughs> so many people have got a passion but they don't, they're not surrounded by people who can run with it and develop it. And so the idea was that this one-day program would start to build that community. Um where you just turn up and everybody's having a crack at life. Everybody just wants to play hard and 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 participate and chase their passion. It reminds me of Facebook. Every time you jump in, you just think, oh, you know, the, you, you think you're, you're jumping in for inspiration and it turns out it's just a bunch of shit. And, and it's... <laughs> 
I don't know. It's like opening a refrigerated door that's got nothing in it. You just keep opening up the refrigerated door, even though, you know, there's nothing but lettuce and yogurt in there. And you just keep doing it, thinking something's going to change. But we actually know what we... I was going to say, you actually go from that point, you actually go to the cupboard where you sometimes keep food. And then there's nothing there. So you go back to the fridge and you lower your standards, don't you? (laughs) And pretty soon you're like, yeah, lettuce and yogurt, my favorite. But combo. But that connection with other people that are of like mind, I think is hard to find. And I think we try to seek that out in places that my observation here is we do it in networking groups, like events. And it's, I think, very hard to bridge that kind of level of relationship out of like, like people in the same industry. But then it's really hard to do it at like church or a place like that that comes with specific belief systems um, if you're not that way inclined. Uh, sometimes you work great for people in there and they're probably already fulfilled in that way. Um, I think it's hard to do it in school or even our own friendship circles that oftentimes we've grown into. Um, you know, something Tanya, your sister, said to me years ago that I thought was really interesting. She's like, you know, you're one of the first friends that I actually chose to have. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? That's ridiculous. Like, I've no, you know, we met each other at 18, 19. She's like, yeah, but if you think about it, like most of the friends that I've had are my best friends, but they're all a result of my parents or some other member of my family's choice to put me in a particular school, a particular place, whereas I chose to be at this place and put my time and effort into this, you know, Don Bosco camp. And then I met this new circle of friends that included you. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I'd never stop to think about that um, and how important that is to find your people. And Australia, I don't think we're very good at that. In America, kids leave school and they go and live in a, in a different state and they they pretty much become friends. Everybody Everybody's in a similar boat. Nobody knows each other. So there's a lot of social activities and you're welcome to every social circle. It's, it's really spending time in the American college system when I was a kid. It's really pronounced. When you're in Australia, you tend to keep living in the same neck of the woods, the same house even, and then you drive to university and you don't really talk to people that much because you come back and you've already got your own circle of friends. You haven't given up a circle of friends, so you don't need a new one. And then as life goes on, you just don't have you don't have a you don't have a new community, you get your old community, and then as a result your life keeps looking the same. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean that wasn't my experience, but I had I definitely had my uni friends, my high school friends, as we all do different sort of sectors of friends, right? Um, but I must admit when I did, when we developed the Aspire program first and we started investing more time in the potential of that type of community, it was far different. And, you know, admittedly, I don't know what I would call that, my camp friends or something like that, but, um, there was a level and a quality of relationship within that group that was, so much more sig- I don't like to say significant it was just far away different it, it was far more like home whereas every now and then I have fleeting moments of, of that within my different friendship circles but it was a lot easier to effort up because it, there wasn't the awareness of it there wasn't the respect of that um, of personal growth right yeah. and 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 you know, I think that's what you do, quite frankly, quite well, is I think you're good at group dynamics and, and bringing a group of people into that sort of experience. It's a facilitation skill that um, 
that I think helps promote that. And I'm not saying it can't happen naturally, but it is hard. And that's why I think a networking group, it just doesn't happen that way because there's not the right facilitation. It's just putting everybody in the same room and going, let's see what happens. Um, we'll often go to networking functions. Well, I don't often, but often I'm the speaker there, but you go to networking function. There's not, not any time allocated to networking. <laughs> there's, we've got our first speaker and then we're um, got this person from so-and-so is going to do a speech and, Hey, now make sure you talk to the person next to you. And you're like, when? Like, when? Like, I had a um, friend say to me years ago, he came on one of our programs and he couldn't believe the significant conversations with people. He couldn't believe that everybody had these major personal breakthroughs. Now, breakthrough is not a heavy DNM breakthrough. It's like the, God, this is the thing I should be doing. Or, oh my gosh, I realize I should need to have that conversation with someone or, or have this awareness about themselves that they're not this, but they are this. And he said, Every single person does that. He said, I, I take kids away on my church programs and we get one or two kids having those breakthroughs. And it's, I'm like, yeah, because, you, you know, the, the model they've got um, is sometimes too gentle and not challenging enough. And people want to be challenged, actually. They, they enjoy it if it's come from a space of love and it's educated. It's not reckless. And so I just, you know, I've been doing these sort of communities for a long time and now I'm really excited about um, – building a bigger one like i've got a great network of people and i'm always connecting like you should need to meet you and you need to meet you but it's becoming fatiguing for me because i'm always on the phone or shooting emails or lining up coffees with people and really if i had everybody just turn up to the same place multiple times in the year uh these things could happen a lot more naturally so the idea was that Livemore would start that process where people could come and just be involved you know in a space where it was just lighthearted and fun, not really much different to what we do on the shows, right? Except I would also then, uh, on the day, I'm going to lead them through some key principles for multiple areas of their life so they can, you know, so they can win, right? So I think, um, you know, like money is one of those things where most people, they, they don't really pay attention to it. Uh, it's constantly causing them stress. They they might be in debt, but then they want to do, do a course on, you know, how to, you know, buy houses and all this kind of stuff, but they don't know how to get out of debt first. So, you know, there's different people got to assess where they are in their life with their money. And then based on where they are in their life with their money, have a different plan. And so one person's plan for wealth is not a plan that necessarily matches where you're at. And so, you know, when there's, when people's money is a stress, it's, they put so much strain on relationships. Um, and so I, I want to give people a couple of key basics. I look, he's had to have some early wins on this stuff in, in multiple areas. So on the day I see us workshopping these things um, for about an hour, different topics. And then, um, and then next year I want to have an opportunity where there'll be courses on all of these things where people can go, yep, that makes sense to me. I need to dive into that. I'm going to spend a couple of days on it. And also what I'm doing is making them really affordable because in the industry that I'm in of personal development, there's so many people, selling courses like this will cost you you know seven grand it's going to change your life and it's two days and you get to work with me and i'm an amazing person and i'm like you know it doesn't feel good i've always a big one if it feels like a lot of money for you then it's too much and i think with the business if it feels like a lot of money for the business to invest in say a new, new piece of machinery or a marketing campaign then it's too much uh it, it, you shouldn't necessarily be risking everything and so i know i can do it really affordably at a high at a high level um and i feel really happy about that like i I sleep well at night thinking yeah this is just this is just helping people um 
and I, and I, I just want to do it. It's, it's always been like when I was a kid, I used to run a youth club and we had, you know, we had 200 kids turning up and like, I've always been, I've always had a passion for creating those environments where people just feel happy. They feel at home and they, they grow. And like I was at a um, presentation for NAB a few months ago and this woman comes up and she said, you used to run the youth club and it changed my life. And now I've got these two kids and here they are. And thank you so much. And I remembered her. Uh, but when I was a kid, I was just running a youth club. I was just playing games with kids. I didn't, I wasn't trying to change anyone's life. Um, yeah. So the, so it's become, but it's, it's pretty much the only thing I think about. And this interesting thing is because, well, I don't know why exactly, but it's sort of capturing the imagination of a lot of people in my network. And I, I think that's because they see the value in it for them. And also people want to be part of something bigger. And I think that when we scroll through Facebook and other social media environments, which are all fine, like, you know, we all do it, but they can sort of just be token connections. And I think people thirst for real connections. And I think, if you look at someone who's a, a tradie, well, tradies always have nice houses because if you're a plumber, you also know a carpenter and, the, and you also know an electrician. And it means that you can, you can fit out your house at, at a fraction of the cost that everyone else is paying because you just sort of do deals. I'll do your plumbing. You come and do my back patio. And people don't necessarily appreciate that the quality of life is, is, um, and their progress is, is highly influenced by the people that are in their network. And life is easier when you know people in industries that can help you. And so, you know, if you're in the marketing industry and you're always going to marketing conferences, well, that's fine. But eventually you need to know some people in other industries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I agree with that. And eventually you just need to tap into the mindset you're trying to move into, right? I mean, um, that was probably the challenge I found with going to something like the Robbins conferences was like, well, there's no community here. This is, this is just, this is an experience, right? It's like, I want to see a concert. It's, it's, it's a one time you're part of this community in this place, but once this is done, we're all done. There's no recreation of this. Um, so it doesn't embody a particular personality into itself that will live on. Um, and I, there's no sense of belonging. That's right. Perhaps you can't. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's what I think is a challenging thing today because one of the only places I can think of that people can reliably get that is, is in mostly a place of worship. But outside of that, it, it, it seems to be tied to work or school or a club, a sport club, where there's some other agenda at play. Um, and uh, Do you know what happens in business? You can also have it in business, but you're expected to pay a fortune. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, for the entrepreneur, say, like I feel like this, oh, I just see so many small businesses coming up to me that I've signed up for this course, and I look at the course, I'm like, holy jeez. Like, yeah, yeah. It, but then it's too much. But it's almost like you're joining a company, you're joining an organization with a vision because you want to be part of that. You want to have that sense of community. And yet you you also feel that need to, to extend beyond that to go to these kinds of functions and opportunities to then have the sense of community and connection that you're looking for in the first place. And it's not a fault of the company. It's just like at some point, I think that um, 
I don't know. I'm a little bit of a hunter-gatherer thinking sort of person. So, at the end of the day, I, I really think that we need that sense of tribalism. And just the little family unit is important. But having a tribe that the family belongs to, I think, seems to me to be a pretty significant thing. Um, the other thing that I think I've been much more aware of that we've talked about on this podcast before um, – Maybe you'll remember the guy's name, uh, Rabbi. He's one of the, uh, the rabbi that wrote, um, oh, yeah. why bad things, why happen, bad things happen, happen to good, good people. people. Yeah. When, mm. when bad things happen to good people, so not why, but when. So he had a very interesting interview that I listened or watched some years ago. It was a video interview. And he was talking about this problem he's been seeing in men in particular, not having enough um, depth of connection with other men in terms of conversationally and emotionally. And so he was saying when males are not connecting to other males at a deep enough level, then they'll seek that connection in some other way. And maybe it's an addiction to work. Maybe it's, um, you know, going outside of their relationship and, and cheating on their spouse or something like that, whatever it might be. He was like, it, it seems to play out and wreak havoc in, in the lives of, of a lot of men. And I'm not saying that I felt that wreaking havoc on me other than that, that, that was a big motivator for me to even start this podcast. I was like, wow, I really need to be tapped into that. I need to be aware of the fact that I don't get the opportunity to spend a lot of time on me and growing just just for the sake of growth because I'm not a religious person. I don't want to be part of a religion where I would get that fed from. So it's like, well, where else is there? I just have to create it for myself for right now because there's no community I can just step into. Um, so I love the idea of what you do with Live More. I think it's, it's accessible. Uh, you know, it seems like it will be something that, you know, may potentially grow into something more significant. Um, at the very least, it seems like a great way, like you said, for you to make those connections with people. That, mm. Mm. Yeah, I really I really hope so. And look, it's always, a, you know, one of the challenges is when people turn up uh, to a day like this, um, you know, I'll take responsibility for the day and I'll lead it and I'll make it work. And a lot of the crew are there, like people either work for me before or are good friends and they just get it. There's a, an ease in them, a casualness. You know, there's always a challenge where, Someone with poor social skills just railroad your day or oh, the community. And, and, but I've, through the years, I've become good at just managing that stuff. Um, where, because of course, when you first turn up to a function like this, what happens is you look around the room and you're trying to work out if you fit in. And then you're trying to work out are you better than them or smarter than them or, or trendier than them or are they trendier than you? It's, a, it's weird what goes through people's heads. And I know on this particular day, there's going to be really diverse bunch of people there are people from all walks of life and at first i think the people are going to find that quite confronting when i say confronting you know like where you're like i don't know like you know just say you're an adult and you work at a bank and then there's you know four teenagers have just rocked up this thing you know that doesn't match me but then what you don't know is that the guy two rows behind you um just sold his company for a multi-million you know dollar price tag and you're like, what and so the actual consistency amongst the people is that they're go-getters that they're actually driven and at first, that's not evident on the outside. And what I found, it doesn't matter if, if, um, if somebody is passionately collecting Star Wars memorabilia 
or if they're passionately building a business or they're passionately um, sewing, you know, 500 scarves to be able to give to soldiers in, you know, in a war-torn area. When someone's doing something that's, and they're really committed to it, it's inspiring. And when, uh, I even went up the summit the other day and was hanging out with Ryan a little bit and, um, and you know, he's just managed to really build some really cool stuff and, and on his property where you wouldn't have thought it would fit it in. He's been very clever. He's like, oh, I think we can use this patch of land for this. And, and it really got my brain going because I'm like, oh, that's really good. Like, that's clever how he's done that. I wonder what that, what the, what my version of that idea is in my business and my life. And you only have that experience when you're around other people that are creative and trying and and you can't help but start to work out how it applies to your own projects. Um, so it is, it is tricky just at first to get everybody just to, um, to realize that this is somewhere to be, but I guess my job is to make sure that the, the, the content and the direction is so fulfilling and so rewarding quickly that they see the value in at least coming two or three times to two or three, two or three events. Um, but yeah, but really this is the event to launch it. And then later in the year, Oh, the following year, I see regular small events and then really primarily educational forums, at least about six times through the year where it'll be like the cast model where you can just every two months, there's another thing on. So you can come back, see the similar faces, have you been going and now let's apply our thinking to this next challenge. Um, Cause I know that's been so effective for me and that's really what it comes down to, it worked for myself and my, my community. So I'm like, well, we might as well just do this for more people. It's pretty exciting. And it's interesting thinking through how do you deliver really high quality content for a really broad community uh, in a way that is a complete day, but also says, don't stop now. Cut, like commit and do this for a year and, and, it's an interesting it's taken me a while to design how i want to do that and i've been i've looked at other people's conferences and courses and a lot of places have got a really high sell right like they really just push it on you and i started to realize they have to sell it and push it hard because the value is not clear and i watched a louis throat thing the other day on hypnotism and these communities that were you know put your hand up if you want this who would do that anyway even if you don't trust me maybe there's value in it so put your hand up and it would just talk these people into to buying but i'm like well when you see something you bloody love you you don't need the, all that drama you know and i was just so as i've been toying with this for so many years i've definitely got to a point where i'm like oh my god i can just see that this is this is cool i need this in my life and I've built it and then people need this and it's not the same level of, um, I don't know. There's, it's not the same level of, what would you call it? Um, or faith required from the people, you know, it's like this massive leap of faith and of like, will I I get involved in this? It's like, I hope that it's way easier. Like it's almost like a no brainer. Um, like going to a coffee shop or you head down to the local shopping center, go to Chatty or the city. Or you just think, yeah, let's just do that. It's a no brainer. Um, that's what we've been trying to get it all to. It's been pretty cool. I'm, I'm loving it. All my creative energy is going into it. It's going to be a really fun day actually. Like it's fun, yeah, well, fun. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, well, I, you know, I obviously see that risk of like it being free and, you know, people saying yes and then 
bailing out at the end. But, you know, and, and just hard not to come. But then on the flip side, the people that do show up are pretty committed, right? Because you would think that money would be the sign of commitment. But, but, but it, if in some ways, like money is a define, it, it, it's like a commitment at the time when you had the emotion to hit send or, or, you know, close. And then you're like, oh, well, you know, like if I go buy a pair of shoes right now and I ship them to my friend's place, like there's no turning back. I got to go pick them up. Like it's, it's done. But if I never bought them, the, the need to go to my friend's place is, is reduced. Right. But if I show up, I know I really want those shoes. <laughs> I'm really interested. I'm, I'm engaged. It's got my attention and I'm motivated. And so in some ways it, it it's kind of like, It'd be interesting because it, it it's sort of counterintuitive to if people don't spend money, they don't see value. But I think that there's an expensive, not just time, but the risk of showing up and not fitting in is far greater than probably the amount of money that one would charge to do away with that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you'd have to be charging thousands of dollars before people are thinking about that being what they're worried about. Because if they're paying a hundred bucks, I would imagine if they're paying 500 bucks, chances are there's still some people who'd still be more worried about whether they're going to fit in than whether or not they've lost their, their dollars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I reckon when you're selling an app, you might as well sell it for three bucks instead of one dollar because it's so difficult to get someone to buy an app in the first place that if they're going to spend 99 cents, they'll spend two dollars 99. All right. So the decision's the same. So you're right. And like people don't have to, there's no money here, but I, I really think what actually makes people come, uh, is, uh, often accountability if they're already going with a friend. And it's like with the gym, like we said before, like, I might pay my gym membership, but that doesn't mean I'm going to keep going. Uh, it's not It's not until you're meeting a friend at the gym and you feel like you don't want to let them down and there's this accountability or there's this huge drive is where it's a case of, uh, oh God, you know, summer's coming and I want to get ripped. Um, and sometimes there's a state of frustration. And I find a lot of people that move towards my programs uh, are aspirational, but often frustrated and that... They just want more. They want to be achieving this thing and they just either can't get it fast enough or they don't feel like they've got support around them or the landscape's confusing and they just they just want to be more effective. And like there's 130 people registered right now and I think that, you know, I look through those names and I've also it's on, the, on the when you register online, it's... um you you have to just put in your connection. And so if some people write in risking failure, that's how they heard about it. Or because I'm not advertising, I'm just basically saying, well, who's in our established network anyway? And sometimes they're writing down, you know, a friend of theirs that oh, said I should come and you can you can trace it. Um, and so I think in actual fact of the people that are coming, a higher percentage to turn up to these sorts of things because they're actually legitimately in a community already where it's not just a, I'm scrolling through Facebook late at night. Yeah, sure, that looks fine. And... It's different because they've all, many of them have already got a connection to the content that I've been teaching for a long time. And I'm excited for these people. Like, I'm excited. Like, because one of the things I've created this audio, we could whack it on the end of this, maybe actually, oh, unless it's too, too hard. I don't know. People, it's, it's on the end, you got lucky. But um, 
I think we just do it as a separate audio. You talking about the the presentation you did? Oh, there's the presentation I did to um, to all those leaders. Yeah, we could definitely do that. I can upload that. I keep forgetting to give it to you. But there's another audio I did um, just explaining the day. It just goes for, I don't know, nine minutes or something. You know, one of the things I get concerned about people is that something humdrum will get in the way of them coming. And humdrum is that when your partner or someone says, oh, we, we've actually got that birthday party on. And it's and because you don't have enough balls to say no to going to that thing, you end up not doing the thing that will liberate your life. And the other thing that I say I'm excited about is often when people are listening to this or they hear, say, you and, you and I presenting anytime, often the stories sound really exotic. You know, they hear, you know, at the Olympics or the X Games, all that kind of stuff, and it's exotic. And it seems so foreign. And I want people to have an experience of it not being foreign and not being exotic, of about it being their world, where they're, they, they're the ones saying to a friend, yeah, well, I'm in this community and I just know this guy that did that. And, and, and other people are listening to their stories in awe of how, how much they created. And yeah, that's what I, I want to have. And that's happening actually for um, one of a client, but also friend Dave. Like he's... Um, been helping his business for a long time and he started to he's had you know we've had a lot of growth and now he's actually getting a bunch of people there's been so many people saying how are you doing this Dave he said all right you know what I'll just turn up the same place so he's getting a bunch of people all in the same place and I'm just gonna he's rolling me out and just said Dobbo you talk to him and show him what we did and then because what's happened is they're looking at him going I want what you've got and so now he's not only a cool story to someone to listen to but he's experiencing the growth it's his life it's real and and that's like i just like doing that and i I want people to experience um a period of their life where they say that was a that was great you know like i did something significant or i grew a bucket load and um so that's what the whole thing's about yeah so november 26 and it's consuming most of my mental energy um not because it's hard but because I just, it's like a blank canvas for me and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be unedited because there's nobody paying me to do it. So I'm just going, this is what I want to say. So have you got a venue here? Yep. Jasper Hotel, which is just next to the big market in, um, in Melbourne. And, uh, it's a great venue. I'm friends with, uh, the manager there, James, and he's, he's really helpful. And, uh, yeah, and I just and I think that and the main topics we'll be going through on the day is we'll do some stuff on money, we'll do some stuff on just general designing your life. Like I, it's funny how people are just tripping over with some basics. Um, so I'll just, and I'll show them a, I'll show people a couple of tools that be able to think through what the the key steps are very fast. Um, I think people overcomplicate things. They generally like you know I've years of helping people think through their goals. Usually there's just one or two things that they got to do, but they don't know how to recognize them. Um, and then I'll definitely do some stuff on, um, relationships, but broadly, like, yeah, there's a romantic relationship. Um, but there's also relationships with your kids and your clients and friends and just facilitating the quality of those in a way that's, um, yeah, no, I totally normal think that's, and healthy. that's big, that's big starting out with something like this, right? I mean, it underpins so much of how everything else works right um and and i think that's the place that we uh sell ourselves short the most maybe is is assuming that 
we're the sum of the people around us, which we kind of are, but that, that, that doesn't have to be that way. I think that people look at, at people that are in a struggling situation, meaning they've been brought up in an environment, in a neighborhood, in an area that they just don't have a chance in. And you look at that and you go, that's so true. It's so hard to break out of that. But then you look at it all the way up the chain of different parts of society. It's everywhere. It's so hard to break out of any chain. It doesn't matter if you're born into Malibu, whatever, Hollywood, and you're surrounded by rich people and driving cars and yada, yada, yada. Breaking out of that is just as hard as it is of breaking out of, you know, whatever, the hood or whatever you want to call it. And that's all relationship-based stuff of figuring out what is, you know? Yeah. Like, I think an easy example is when somebody's reading, they they learnt to read when they're at school and now they look at the at the speed at which they can read and say, I can read. Yet other people can speed read. It's just that we stop. We think that because we can read words in order, then we can read. But really, we've got pretty basic reading skills compared to someone like Tanzel, who um, we had on the show in Australia's memory champion, yellow pa- memorize the yellow pages. Like, And he's coming on the day. He's going to be there with a bunch of others because, you know, it's a hub. But he can, he can read. Like, he can read at speed. And I think that people don't appreciate that with relationships is that you can, you'll have the discomfort in relationships, but you can move through it very quickly. It can be resolved fast and it can be healthier on the other side, but it's a skill to learn. It's knowing what to say when and what not to say and knowing when is it your responsibility, when is it their responsibility and and developing your capacity to lead relationships to a really healthy space. And because we don't often notice that we, um, we fundamentally learn our relationship skills off our parents and then maybe a few mentors when we were young and then we had to adapt to our peer group. And we never, we rarely ask if, if it's really, if it works. Like I see the way that men sometimes talk about their partners and they're like, oh, the old bag or, oh, the missus has got me doing this as if it's some sort of curse. And that's a fundamentally dysfunctional relationship skill. But of course we say, oh, it's just funny and it's not a big deal. But no, no, if you play out what impact that has on your relationship, it's it's really unhealthy. So then you wind it back and say, well, what am I going to do? Call them the love of my life or something? And the answer is yes. But of course, then they feel uncomfortable. So we prefer to not have a conversation, call the teacher or somebody me crazy. Oh, you don't get it. Oh, bloody stupid. Or, um, and then we've got a dysfunctional space and- and we're trapped. So, for example, I went to a, a school presentation recently and a, a teacher taught me at school. It was a very unpleasant lady. Um, she works at the school now, so she's still teaching. And I find it really difficult, but I try to be pleasant. And she was rounding up the kids last minute and she was screaming and yelling at them. And she came up to me and she goes, see, Mark, still a bitch, still works. And uh, I just said, I think love's more effective. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be smart. I was just like, oh, so, I was like, no, being a bitch is not, you know, she was priding herself in it. And she goes, oh, so I'm just going to go out there and pat them all on the back and say, yeah, great kid. You're so special. And I said, oh, I'm not talking about being naive. I'm just talking about love. And she goes, well, I'm sorry, but that doesn't always work. And I said, you're telling me that love isn't the most powerful tool on the planet. And then she obviously got all uncomfortable and blah, but then she's always been that person. But that's a woman that just hasn't, developed a capacity for relationships. She's choosing one way 
and ends up like it. She would argue that that's, you know, it's a dead end street. So how, if that's the way she handles that, what's a strategy for kids and a husband and her friends? Jeez. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because somebody like that, unfortunately, doesn't come to a program like what you're talking about unless they accidentally fall into it, mm. Mm. which is unfortunate. And sometimes, but, a, yeah, a friend will say you should go or something and, yeah, you know, they're like, what would you know? Yeah, yeah, but mm. if they accidentally fall into it because they misunderstood something, <laughs> it could be pretty interesting. So hopefully get a couple of those. And maybe I'll call her up and just go, I should be a bitch to get her there. Go on, come on, get your ass. But, um, and so we'll do some stuff on that. Um, that in, and I've found with that sort of topic, you've got to be, um, you've got to live high quality stuff that people can use immediately that doesn't actually ask them to give any emotional risk. So, you know, it's a big one. Like we're not sitting around having a Kumbaya experience where we're trying to work out what are the two or three things that I can do that would make an impact really fast in all my relationships. And it's really not difficult. Like, uh, Very comfortable. It it is clothing optional still, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dressed to impress. Um, The other thing we're going to do is some stuff on, um, uh, I'm going to do some stuff on Korea. It's interesting how many questions I get on that and how many times people are trying to look for a really fulfilling job and how they either don't know the early steps or, um, they're just grappling with a lot. And the other thing that's been off on that is some public speaking skills because, you know, unless you can communicate an idea and communicate the essence of what you're capable of, it's very difficult to move into the environment you want to be in because communication skills are basically asking someone on a date is the same, sort of has the same level of risk as pitching a proposal at work or, um, you know, the deal, right? So there's principles there and I find that... Um, yeah, I just I, I just feel like people are floundering and using a poor strategy when it's much easier. So I'm excited to go through all that stuff with people on the day, plus a couple of extra bonus sessions that'll be a surprise. Good, good. Well, mate, I hope you have a lot of fun. I hope uh, our listeners, this is a jump in, you know. This is such a good opportunity to meet some of the other listeners as well. Um in this community that you found yourself a part of. And I wish I could be there, but it's going to be Thanksgiving here at that time of year. So it's pretty unlikely I'm going to be leaving the the home base. But um, sounds like to me, like you've got some humdrum getting in the way, Mick. Yeah, it does sound a bit that way. (laughs) No, I'm just teasing. Uh, No worries, mate. It's like you and I hang out all the time on this stuff. So it does totally. But um, it'd be good if you were here one year for it. I'm doing, I'm done with all that gross stuff. I don't need any of that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I know, mate. We're all so proud of you. We're all so proud of who you've become. Um, Hey, mate, it's so good to chat briefly for a little while. And uh, let's do it again. Let's just do it again a bit more regularly because I've been getting quite a few emails from irate listeners saying, I'm wanting the next show. Where is it? And I'm like, will you bloody phone Mick and record with him? <laughs> I haven't been able to. <laughs> so next week we'll do a proper show. It's been a, just thank you for everybody for your patience. But yeah, it has been an epic few weeks for you and I. I don't think it's been one way or the other. We've just been, uh, we've been connecting, but it just doesn't seem like we've been able to record. So I'm glad we got this one in the bag and hope everybody um has the the chance to go and get a get your game on at live more so 
take over the world. All right, mate, always a pleasure. Till next you week. See ya. See everybody. You've been listening to Risking Failure. To join the community and access more free content, news and updates, subscribe at riskingfailure.com.